sometimes we have the intro segment anyway and people can always rewind and fast forward their way around in the rewind till they ca- or the, to the live stream until they catch up to the actual live anyway welcome to episode 3380 of survival podcast today we're going to talk about the future of tsbc i've already had one in the early comments in the live stream and i'm not picking on it right because it's yeah it, it feels good that people care but food forest farm says we love you jack don't fade away and I've done a number of these episodes like this over the years where we've talked about the future of the podcast. We always talk a little bit of its history as well. Um, and that always happens. And it, a lot of times when I put out like what we're going to talk about like a few hours in advance, I'll get emails or DMs or whatever. Dude, are you are you, are you all right? You know, and what it makes me think of is uh, a few years ago, there was an article. I don't even remember the title it, of it. But it was by Dave Duffy in Backwoods Home Magazine. And it was something like reflections on 50 years of writing or something like that. And I was like, oh, you're not retiring or announcing that you have some terminal disease or something. And it was not. It was just kind of like what I'm going to do today. So I get it. But don't worry about it. Tom says, are you going to try for 45 minute, uh, 45 minute episodes ever again? That probably will never happen. And that's part of some of the changes that will be made today. I'll I'll give you a little preview. Uh, I am probably going to go to four shows a week very soon. I don't know if it'll be next week, but very soon I'll probably go to four shows a week. And I'll explain why, so I'll wait to do that. But I also kind of want to lay out some of the things I want to do to continue to grow the show. I've been here 15 years. I feel that I have at least another 15 years in me. That'll put me at 65, 66. That's about a good age for retirement. That's another decade and a half. That'll be 30 years of podcasting. Uh, I'm not even saying I will. I might be a 75-year-old dude going, I'm still here. Uh, But we'll see. We'll see. I, I just, there's nothing in my life I've done that I love more than this. But there are some things that I want to adjust for a variety of reasons, and we'll cover that. And there'll be some opportunities in this, too. Uh, there's going to be some sponsor shakeup. Uh, Tom knows of one of those already, and uh, it's all a good thing. And uh, it's changed some ways that I'm doing things. I'm going to actually share today some kind of, just in one segment, just some really privileged information about what I do as an Amazon affiliate as an example of a reason that I want that extra day in my life, one of the things I want to do with it. Um, and it's also to explain why something happened today. And it's also to explain that, you know, I still deal with my haters and my haters are full of shit and I'm happy to prove that they're full of shit when they are. And so I have a ton of stuff to cover today. I think you guys will enjoy this. And if you're on Rumble, hi, Rumble. Uh, when you see me looking over here, that's what I'm doing is checking in on Rumble. Uh, we have like a dozen people there already watching us on Rumble. Uh, so we're starting to see those numbers come up and there might be like one day a month in, in the future. And you'll hear about that today where you better go to rumble or somewhere else. Cause they may not be on YouTube like one day a month when I am podcasting, because we might do kind of like Jack after dark, uh, where there's things that 
when I say it on YouTube, I just get the shit smacked out of me. I get demonetized. I get strikes. I have to take the re-education courses and whatever. Uh, and I don't want to do that. And I don't want to only reserve that for the audio only shows that I do on Friday because my segment on there on the expert council shows generally doesn't cover stuff like that. Anyway, before we dig into that, let's go ahead and hear from our sponsors of the day. Like I said, there may be some sponsor turnover coming and, uh, I, no, I'm not running for president, but if you have a question, do it just like you see there in the video screen. If you're on the live screen from uh, Memento, is that what it says? It's hard for me to read that in a little tiny window with the thing overlaid. Um, but it says, is Jack running for president? I will never get involved with politics as a candidate ever uh, or really an advocate. Anyway, I uh, wanted to uh, just, again, cover our sponsors of the day today. One sponsor you will never see turnover unless they decide they don't want to be here anymore is KnifeKits.com. You know why? KnifeKits.com has been with us since 2010. 2010 was the... 2009. Yeah, 2009. 2009 was when I first started taking sponsors. February 2009, KnifeKits.com was the second sponsor we ever signed, and they have been with us ever since, and we have never even heard a peep about them going anywhere, anywhere at all. They are a cool company with just a cool concept. Anybody, even a person as inept as me at Knifecraft, can build a knife using KnifeKits.com. You can get a kit, pick out some custom scales material. If you're not sure what to do, they got DVDs, books, all kinds of stuff. They've got Kydex materials, everything you need to build holsters and sheets, leather, you name it, exotic materials, mammoth tusk. Uh, they've got buffalo bone. They've got all kind of buffalo horn. They've got all kinds of cool stuff. And they also do a discount for MSP. And again, guys, 2009, they started as a sponsor. They're still here. That says a lot. Next up today, another sponsor. Been around a long time. Not as long as Knife Kits. You know, nobody left has anyway. Um, but BulkAmmo.com has been around about a decade. That's kind of a long time, too. Bulk Ammo has everything you're looking for when it comes to your ammo. Remember what happens, guys. When the gun grabbers start talking shit, the first thing to disappear is ammo and magazines. They can't help you with the magazines, but they have all the ammo in bulk that you need so that your gun can remain a gun. Because your gun, absent ammo, is an overpriced club or, at best, something you go down to the pawn shop and get some money for. It is not a gun without bullets. It can get you shot because the other person doesn't know you ain't got any. But if you want to defend your home, really train the right way with it or put meat on the table, then you need ammo. You need lots of ammo, and you can get it at BulkAmmo.com, and they also do. You guessed it, a discount for members of the MSB. With that, let's dig into it. I want to start out with, for people that are not OGs, uh, people that who are not OGs, which is the original gangsters of TSP, right, that have been around since the car days, uh, a little bit of the history, how this all started, because how things start is also a big part of the story of how we get here. And so back in 2008, I had a um, client at the company that I was working at who was a financial advisor. And he's, we, I met him. I don't even remember how I met him, but I met him, told him what one of the companies I worked with did. And he's like, I need a website. I want a blog. I want to do a podcast. I want some financial calculators built into it. And again, this is 08. Like, this is really standard today. It wasn't real standard back then. Uh, I just went ahead and bid the job, got the job for the company, brought it back to my lead developer, dropped it on his desk and said, Bobby, take care of it. 
And he goes, looks through it, comes back to me about a half hour later, goes, I got this, no problem. I'll have creatives to put in front of them in a couple hours uh, to start narrowing down the design decisions and stuff like that and color schemes. The only thing is this podcast thing. I don't know anything about this, and I don't know what to do about it. So I'm like, you know, I've had this thing in my head. You just do everything else. I'm sure there's a plug-in for that. We're going to build this site on WordPress. I'll take care of it. And I got in my car the next day. I took a little tiny MP3 recorder. Uh, this is before I even had, I always mention the headset. This is before I had a proper MP3 recorder. Like the first couple episodes, if you go listen to them, they are dog shit. I mean, they're at, I didn't even have a lapel mic. I had this little, like, do-it-all thing back then. Like, it was a camera, an MP3 recorder, et cetera, that I got for, like, 80 bucks. And I threw it in my lap, and I recorded it with no microphone. I said, this is the first four or five podcasts. I didn't care. I knew that it was going to become something because I had a vision in my head for it. But I didn't really care because I knew nobody would listen to the very beginning. I just wanted to learn how the tech worked. And... I did it for about a week and I'm like, this is really going to be something. So I went out and got the better uh, MP3 recorder. That was like 35 bucks. And I had this busted ass Plantronics headset and I got that and plugged it into it. And the audio got a little bit better. And I started doing the show in my car and I did that for 18 months. About a month into it, I knew, I knew it would be what I did for the rest of my life. Not just because I enjoyed it, but because with no real promotion, there were already like a few hundred people that were diehard listeners. Like I was hearing from them on a daily basis and I was getting emails like now that you've started this, you better not go away. Like literally threatening me in a, a playful way. Oh, this is now part of my life. And I'm like, you know what? Let's go. So I created the listener appreciation contest we did in the beginning and it was on your honor. And I said, if anybody will share my show with at least two other people or through two other ways, and then you can enter this, just fill out this form. And at the end of the year, if I'm at a thousand listeners, a thousand, I'll give away. And I think it was a certain amount of silver or an engraved iPod, iPod Nano engraved on the back. The, the person that won took the iPod Nano and it was engraved with be an ant, not a grasshopper. We were at like 25, 2600 downloads at the end of the, the year that year. So we did like two and a half times what I said we needed to do. And it took off from there and it was 10,000, 20,000 listeners. Uh, over the years, I had the good pleasure to be featured in things like the Dallas Morning News, the Houston Chronicle, the Mike in the Morning Show. I was on the uh, Judge Napolitano Show, Glenn Beck Show, things like that. We really took off and we really built something. And we built something that to this day is like giving birth to children that go out and win Nobel prizes and shit. Like there are people who started within this community, went off and did their own things as influencers, YouTube channels, Facebook groups, et cetera, that are bigger than we are today. And that like some people would think like, Oh man, I can't believe that. No, like that's glorious to me. Like if you are a good teacher, your students should do better than you. And I'm not taking any credit for it. I'm just saying they started here, they got inspired here, and they went and did something. And that just has continued. And we've had communities build and grow and kind of reach the end of life cycle because technology changes. We had a huge forum at one time that we self-hosted. And when Tom, who's here in the chat, came on board, we looked at the resources being expended on that and how few people were using it and decided, like, it's there as an archive you can go read and find all the information over the years that were put there. 
but so much had moved to social media and telegram and stuff like that. People weren't using it anymore and it wasn't worth the effort to continue to maintain. And that's just because technology changes. You know, we had, we had, I had a huge Facebook page at one time, over a hundred thousand members of my Facebook page. And I got to the point where I put something on it and like 15 people would see it with a hundred thousand people registered to it. And I just said, screw Facebook. And so we've had these ups and downs, but there's just continuous growth. And it's growth of the podcast and the brand itself and our influence. But it's been growth of like all these sub-communities that have broken off and done and become their own wonderful thing. And it was by doing exactly the opposite of when I was in that old world of what my clients wanted to do that we were able to do that. Um. I had all these clients coming to me for the web marketing business. We want to go viral, but we want to control it. We don't want people doing their own thing. Like, that's not viral. You don't understand how any of this works. So I held everything loosely. And when somebody said, can I take 15 minutes of your show and blend it into this thing? Go forth. Do whatever. And in the very beginning, some of the early adopters were doing shit that was crazy. I had one dude literally put like 10 of my best shows, according to him, on CDs and was driving around. And if he saw somebody with a window down, he was literally going like, dude, you got to listen to this and throwing it through the window at them, stuff like that. Um, one of the uh, Appleseed groups that does the Appleseed shoots, which we really should have somebody from Appleseed on again to talk about that. We haven't done that forever. Got my decals that somebody else just printed like this before we had a gear shop or anything. And put them on all the rifle racks, all the rack rifles that they give out for people to use that as shoot. It was things like that. The way I got on the Judge Napolitano show is the judge put up a thing and says, who do you want to see on the show? And and the audience freaking destroyed it. Like they were like every, they could vote once a day. And somebody put up a suggestion for me. And like hundreds of people every day went and just slammed the crap out of it. And it became this amazing thing. And it was 18 months into it that I sold out my interest on my side of the businesses with Neil Franklin. And I walked away and shut down for Christmas like I have every year. Came back, it was either second or third-ish of January, depending on how the weekend landed. And said, welcome to another edition of the Survival Podcast for the first time as a completely free man from my past life. And then I did what I promised I would do. I made the show better. I made it longer. I started doing interviews. I built the expert council. I started doing more research than I had ever done. And back then, before I did this, I was researching at 3 o'clock in the morning, getting into my car at 6 a.m., doing the show for 45 minutes to an hour on the way to work, then working a full day. Often 5, 6 o'clock when I should have been going home, I was going out to the bar not to hang out with Neil to recruit people, to close deals. And I might have been out till 9 or 10 o'clock at night, not getting home until 9.30, 10.30, sometimes later. You know, and still going out watering the garden and then going to bed and then getting up at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning again. And so in a lot of ways, things got easier, but they also got harder because now more was expected of me. And, and reasonably so. Like, the audience did this with me, and I'm like, when I get to walk away, I'll do more for you. So shows went from being 45 minutes to an hour to an hour and 15 minutes to an hour and a half. Eventually, as I built the expert council, the whole point of that was to give me a four-day work week. 
And it just never worked out that way. And even when it does work out to where I have Friday off, I do so much work to make that happen that I'm kind of burned out uh, by the time that it comes. And I spend no time with my wife or my grandkids who are here every day. I'm not helping as much as I want to with homeschooling and some other things that I'll talk about. But it was all because I love it so much. I've been doing this 15 years plus now. I've never done anything that long. I never held a job that long. The only thing I've done longer than this show is be a father and be a husband. Those are the only two things I've done. And be a human, I guess, right? Like, this is the only thing I've got more years in. Hell, I've got more years in this now than I had in going to school as a kid. I'm talking K-12. That's 13 years. And I'm still willing to give it my all. And part of that is why I need to go to this four-day work week, because what I've learned about myself over the years is I have something from my father that you either have it or you don't. I don't think you can fake it. It's a work ethic. And if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it all the way, all the time, every time. And the only way to not do that is to have nothing to do that day that has anything to do with the work. And I've gotten really good on Saturdays and Sundays about not working. I'll tell you the truth. Monday morning sucks. It's worth it, but it sucks. And the reason it sucks, I open my email and despite all the spam filtering, all the work that I've done to make make that part of my life easier, it's like, holy shit. And you know why? Friday, shut down, no email. I do not have email on my laptop. You can ask Tom about that. I have a, a ProtonMail account. If you, if you have that address, don't use it unless I'm on the road because I check it like twice a week when I'm not on the road. Uh, I don't generally use it. I do use it to move some files around and stuff like that, but... When I go on the road, I have Tom forward it to that, and I already tell him, like, at this point, turn it back. And that's just so I don't lose complete touch while I'm on the road. And 90% of the mail that comes in, it's legit. While I'm on the road, goes into a folder called follow-up, and it gets pushed back over when I get back. So I shut down for those weekends. And that's the only way I'm able to take that time and spend it with my wife. Or, like, in this this weekend, we're going to be going to my nephews and, and, and doing a family thing and all because I'm so freaking heavy on work and work work i mean when i hate work i give it everything what do you think i do when i love what i do like i put my soul and my heart into it and sometimes i get done with an episode and i feel like i didn't give it my best not that i didn't try that like the end result like my timing was off or whatever and i'll apologize on the next show and i always hear you guys so wonderful you so wanted no that your it was great, man. It's better. You on your worst day is better than most people on their best. And I appreciate that. But I am not a perfectionist with like graphics and spelling and even speech to some degree. Like if I mispronounce something, I don't give a shit if you don't like it, because you're not here for the content anyway. But when it comes to was I the best podcaster, the best speaker, the best teacher? that I'm capable of being that day. And when the answer is no, I have a problem with that. So here's some of the reasons I'm going to go to a four week show. I don't think anyone listens to all the shows anymore. If you do, you're the minority. Everybody they hear from, no, I didn't hear that episode. I didn't hear that episode. Um, I put out more total content now in three shows than I did in the beginning. 
I would say I put out more show, more, more total minutes of broadcasting in, in, in three shows a week now than even when I went full time, even when I had an office up in Arkansas. In some ways, Arkansas, the couple years we were there with an office was the most restful period of my life. Because Dorothy and I drove to the office every day in separate vehicles, by the way. It was only an 11-mile drive, but it was because I left earlier than her, and that gave her time to fiddle around and whatever. And it gave us some space because we lived and worked together. And we went to the office, and when we got done, we went home. Done. No more work. I had that separation. Now my commute is kitchen, hallway, office. Right? So I lost that. And... So I don't think that there's any lack of content for people on a weekly basis with four shows. So I don't feel like I'm leaving a hole by doing that. I do get tired. I mean, believe it or not, I get tired. I'm, I'm 15 years older, and I feel like I have an incredible amount of energy for a 50-plus-year-old dude. But time wears you out, and I have a lot of physical work to do as well, and when you add this workload to that workload, some days I just, I'm just tired, and I think that's okay to just be tired, you know? Um, sometimes, though, when I'm tired, I don't want to do a show. I'd like, I do it, but I'm like, Ugh. and I remind myself, like, nobody has a job, no matter how much they love it, there's not a day that they wish they didn't have to do it that day. Right. But th that leads to those days where I feel I don't do my best. That's why that's that's how I feel that I don't do my best on the days that I don't really want to do a show that day. But more to the point, and this happened today, and it's why I decided to do this show today. There are days and I say this, I think sometimes you guys think I'm bullshitting you like to make myself look better, but I'm not. There are days I wake up 630, 645 is about the time I usually get up. I go make coffee. My wife gets up, starts getting ready to leave, comes to talk to me and goes, what are you going to talk about today? And I go, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to feed the catfish. I'm going to talk to the dogs. I'm going to sit in my blissful silence while you go pick up the kids. And somewhere in this, I will figure out what I'm going to talk about today. And two, three hours later, hi, folks, this is Jack Spirico with another edition of the Survival Podcast. And I can do a show. And it, it's not a show that I'm like, damn, I didn't do my best. I'm like, that was a great show. It was a great show. But there's days, like today, when the idea doesn't come, the idea doesn't come, and it's 1030. And the idea's still not here. And I'm doing all the other shit because I have no employees and I don't want any, okay? Be like, why don't you get a team member? I had a time when I had multiple companies, and I worked for a holding company, and one of the companies had 65 employees and 1,250 contractors, and I decided when I left that I never want one ever again. I like it all me. My wife does my booking. and my Basically, my wife is my PA, and I trust my wife to do that, and that's it. I don't want anybody else. I don't want the hassles. I don't want the headaches. I don't want the, I feel sick, right? I have Tom to take care of the technology. He's so awesome. He knows what to do before I know what needs to be done. That's it. I am done. I don't want any more. But I have what will happen is I'll have this idea. And I'll go, I, I can't get that ready. 
I can't get that ready by 12. I can't get that ready. If, if it's going to take me later than 1300, my time, I don't do it. Today I had an idea. I've been telling you guys like certain things you need to do to be able to survive and thrive with all this inflation and price increases and stress. And one thing I keep saying is learn to hunt, fish, and forage. And I'm like, I should do a show today on fishing. And specifically fishing for the fish that are high-quality food, put enough variety in that probably anywhere you live, you can go do that. You know, like saltwater, like whiting. Whiting, also known as the Gulf Kingfish. Stupid, easy to catch. They go in runs. If you know what time of year, you find out what time of year to go, and and you get the tide right, you can go out and you can literally fill a 100-gallon cooler with $5 worth of salted shrimp with whiting. And I'm like, if I'm going to do that show right, especially with a video, then I need to have like some imagery and stuff like that. It doesn't have to all be me. It doesn't have to be high quality video. But when I talk about a slip rig, you need a picture of what it looks like. It's easy. It's an hour and a half, two hours worth of work to get everything ready to go. But if I have to do everything else and it's 1030 and I want to go live, I don't. And I need time before I do what you're seeing right now. Right. I need to take a walk. I need to pet the dog. I need to go look at the garden. I need to go. I'm already, I won't be doing this for an hour and I need to unplug. And I know I need to go from the guy that is organizing shit, which I'm terrible at, right? To the guy that's presenting that I'm great at. And I have to make that switch to be able to be really good and bring the energy. And if I had a day a week that when I was sitting in my 30 minutes of quiet, glorious time, and I could peck at it there, and I could spend two hours across the whole day getting, even if it's not two hours, even if it's not done, if it's 80% done, then the next day getting up and doing it's a cakewalk. And so I'd like to do more shows that are like that, that even the guys that listen to the audio only be like, okay, this one, I'm going to, I'm going to go get the video. At least I'm going to knock down some numbers here, like at three minutes, five minutes, 20 minutes, whatever. And I'm going to look at this picture if I'm going to, and I'll probably use decks for that, right? Just real simple slide decks. And that way that person can just even go look at the slot, like a PDF and look at it. Well, I need an extra day to do that. I need an extra day to do that. I need a day to some, some weeks. I'm not even going to do that. I'll be honest. I'm going to do jack diddly shit because I don't know if you've noticed when I leave and I go present somewhere and I spend like a week away or I go on vacation with my wife. When I come back, I am freaking fire for like a month. I need those unplug moments. Remember one of my laws of life, you're a battery and batteries need maintenance and recharging. I need that myself. Jack, where's your book? Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Jack, where's your course? We'll get to that in a minute. Like, if I'm going to do these other things that I really want to do, there's my wonderful wife. Applause, ladies and gentlemen. Hand clap in the live chat, which she won't see because she's on fucking Facebook, right? <laughs> what are you doing on Facebook, honey? Right? But my wonderful wife's excited for me. But yeah, I pull, I unplug for a while, I come back, fire. And I want to be able to do that for you guys like weekly. Um, I do want to do more projects too. I I really, really want to do some more projects. One of the projects I want to do after the workshop, don't worry, honey, I know you're listening, right? Like I'm not going to add shit between now and then, right? We got so much still to do. 
But I have this Keezer, which is this giant deep freezer that doesn't deep freeze anymore. I got a little Johnson's control thermostat on it and a bunch of taps on it. And I built it so long ago. Josiah was my intern. All right. Some of you like, oh, what? And some of you like, oh, that's a long time ago. And I really don't drink much beer anymore. And I never make beer anymore. And I've actually offered to sell it or barter it. And it's so big, I don't think anybody wants to take it. And what I think I'm going to do, I'm going to yank the collar, wooden collar I built off and put the lid back on and give it a good cleaning with chlorine bleach because it's not really done anything for a long time. And I'm going to get some equipment. I'm going to turn it into a curing chamber where I can make like bacon and prosciutto and capricola and stuff like that. And I want to be able to put that content out, too, to show you guys how to do that. And so, again, I need time for that. And I want to do more stuff like that. And I want to involve my grandson in that, my granddaughter in that, as they want to be. And I can't do that and work five days a week. So that's that's another part of why. Um you know, another part of this, what's the point of work if you can't call the shots? And like I said earlier, I don't want employees. Employees suck. And if you're an employee, I'm not talking about you, right? I don't mean the person sucks. As a business owner or as a manager, when I, when I ran the Salesforce for Fluke, I had 35 people reporting to me. God, I hated it. And I hated being a dick. And sometimes you have to be a dick. Like, I need my reporting. You know, I'm doing other things. I'm trying to close deals. I get that, but my boss is a dick to me, so I have to be a dick to you because I need the numbers. Make them the fuck up. I don't care. Send them in. I don't want to ever have any piece of that in my life ever again. I don't want 1% of that in my life ever again. Uh, I do want more time with my grandkids, and I want to help my wife more. Like one thing I did for her this week, I talked about my you know, 30 minutes of glorious silence. I realized like my wife, like most days I do in the afternoon, take the kids back to mommy, right? But in the morning, my wife's always the one that goes and gets them first thing in the morning. And I know she's tired too. And I said, every Tuesday from now on, you stay home, I'll go. So things like, I just want more time to do stuff like that. And uh, by the way, when I came home that day and we were making coffee and stuff, she goes, you know what? You're right. It's, it's glorious. It's just 30 minutes. But it's total quiet, total peace. It's absolutely glorious. And just, see, she says it was glorious, right? Love you, honey. Um, and to be clear, there's a lot of well-wishing going on here. Thank you. I appreciate it. So don't take what I'm about to say the wrong way. I'm not asking permission. I've been doing this 15 years. This is something I'm going to do. Again, I don't know if it'll be next week. i got to figure out exactly how I'm going to make this work. I'll probably end up moving the expert show to Thursday and that'll just clean slate the whole thing. Uh, I don't know how exactly this is going to work yet, but I got to sort it out, but I will. And next week's probably not the week to do it. My wonderful wife is taking the kids uh, and they're great aunt and they are going out of town Monday through Thursday. So, and then the next week is I don't even know how it lands, but then I, eventually I got to go to SRF, which I'm wearing a shirt for here, Self-Reliance Festival up in Camden. And uh, so change even for the positive and more time. Like there's certain times that are not not the right time to do it. You get in a rhythm. But I guarantee you, if nothing else, by the time the workshop's done, it was going to be a four-day show. All right. So, again, I'm not asking permission. So things I want to do going forward. 
Uh, some sponsor changes are coming. I will tell you one sponsor that is out and nobody noticed uh, so far anyway. But if you go look at the website right now, you will not see. And I hate this, by the way. You will not see a banner for ButcherBox. Why? Um, I don't have a good answer for that yet. I have had multiple contacts at ButcherBox. The first three, and this is a long-term relationship, right? Three years, I had a dude named Daniel. Daniel was amazing. Daniel is a reason that a lot of you guys have, like, really cool deals with ButcherBox that nobody else does. Like, when they did, like, Lifetime this or Lifetime, like, Lifetime Wings or Lifetime Ground Beef or whatever, and it was for new customers only, and I could talk to Dan. He's like, yeah, your people can have that. And then he went away. And then it was hard to track down his replacement. But I did. And she was good. And then she went away. And then I found her replacement. And he was good. And then he went away. Right? So he, she, and he. None of them got upset. I misgendered them or anything. They were all cool people. And then I've been for months trying to get in touch with anybody there. Who is this, this person's replacement? I get bounce emails. I've been replaced by. Send that person an email. No answer. I finally go through customer service to talk to somebody. This is after five years. I find these three girls that are a team. You can reply to all of us. They don't even want to have a phone conversation. They want to completely change everything. And I, I won't get into the specifics, but I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. But they wouldn't even let me show the metrics. They didn't even care. They came up with legalese bullshit that they had to change this because of that. And you need to let us know before you do a drop. And I'm like, well, then you don't even know what I do and you don't care to know. And all I can figure is it has something to do with the fact they're an ESG company and uh, these seem a little wokish and maybe they don't want to be associated with the TSP brand or whatever. And, and my view is, you know, this is a recurring membership product you guys have. It's millions of dollars in sales. And I'll prove that that is the power of TSP to you today when I give away some other privileged information in just a bit. Um, but if they're not going to even have a conversation with me, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to push a string. And so one of the places we may have some turnover with uh, sponsors is not so much they'll go away. But I, I really feel like with all we talk about with keto and beef and everything, we need somebody in that spot. And I am talking to a few companies right now. But if you guys have any suggestions, shoot them over to me, email TSPC in the subject line. I, I This is something I want you guys to understand. Really want you to understand. Sponsor revenue is not a big part of my total revenue. It's a very, it's gas money. From the very beginning, I never, I wanted to be able to do what I'm doing right now and tell you the truth about a sponsor. I never wanted to be beholden to them. I wanted to help them way more than their cost of being a sponsor. It's why I didn't take a sponsor until I was well into it and knew that their money was, because I had people willing to sponsor me early on. And I'm like, I will never get you an ROI. I don't care. I want to help you. Don't care, not doing it. If I can't give you an RI, I'm not doing it. But the other side was I wanted it to be a service to you guys. I've always said that. I've always meant it 100%. Fred saying Polyface, which is Joel Salton's operation. But I don't think Joel ships meat. I think he's pretty much a local, like, delivery type thing. He has some resellers. I don't think he's big enough. Right? I don't think, unless he's got something I don't know about, if so, email me. You know, if you can't. If a company that can't mail 
a significant amount of meat product to 2,000 people a month out of just this segment, not big enough. I mean, I'm not kidding. Like I said, I'm going to show you something in a minute to show you what I'm talking about, right? Uh, Texas Slim, they have the Beast Initiative. I don't know that we can work something that's loose. It's a confederation. It's not a single point that we can send people to. Anyway, we'll talk to Joel. Um, but my bigger point is you guys are why I do what I do. So my sponsor lineup is people that I think actually bring value to you and you bring value to them, and I'm a matchmaker. And my sponsorship rates are stupid cheap. They're stupid cheap. And freaking butcher box never even gave me any money and I never asked for any. They paid me in product and they wanted to renege on that. Okay. We don't understand each other anymore. And that means, and my biggest reason for reaching out to them and saying, Hey, I need somebody to talk to was simply as a service to the audience. If there's a, you guys know this. If there is a fucking problem, I want a person in that company that can make that problem go away. They don't have a lot of problems anymore. They've gotten pretty high on their process level or something. The quality of product has slipped some recently, I've noticed. Um, but in the beginning, when they were brand new and coming out of the gate and they needed help like we were giving, there were problems. And Daniel was a destroyer of problems, and that's why we built that relationship. If I don't have that person, like Jan Bullion, our, our silver sponsor, if I didn't have the president's freaking name and email address, personal contact information, they would not be here. So sponsorship money, I'm not doing anything for free. I don't hate money, but it's not a significant portion of my revenue. It's a service to community-wide, both sides. Um, so, but that means there may be some more uh, opportunity. If you know somebody that's looking to sponsor a show like us, we can take somebody in. And again, we're very reasonable in what we do. Um, I also have a couple other sponsors I really like, but I've been doing things as affiliates, and I'm about to give them a pathway to a standard fee. I think both of them will take it. It will be up to them, but um, I've been doing things for them that require me to out of nowhere, do a bunch of extra work. And it's been making me more money, but what am I trying to do is less work. So I'm going to try to come up with a pathway. If it works for them, it does. If it doesn't, there could be one or two more uh, spots coming available. And, uh, yeah, yeah, Steve is on permanent PMS. That's a good way to put it if you know who he's talking about. And it's been, it's funny to me. It's like This has been like four years now. Four years, and people still like, well, where is he? He's gone. He's gone. And it's because he treated people in this audience like shit. I'm talking about Stephen Harris. I don't say much about it. I didn't say when I kind of pushed him out. But the guy, I can be a dick. I get it. But the guy was absolutely brutal to people at times in, in a nasty-ass way that was unnecessary. And I just, I got fed up. I kept having, like, counseling sessions because <laughs> you're going to use the term PMS, right? Like, uh, I had kept having counseling sessions. And, oh, yeah, I understand. And then, like, Basically, he crapped all over some people inside of, the, uh, of an organization we set up to do relief work. And at the same time, he talked to a 16-year-old kid like he was a total piece of crap. So anyway, we'll let that go. Uh, but, yeah, I let people go. And, um, yeah. I may also, to get things going a little bit differently, do some interviews on some other podcasts and things like that. 
those don't take a lot of time. Those are pretty easy. You show up, they ask you questions, you answer them, whatever. The reason I don't do them as much as I should is I'm just tired. I'm just tired. So when somebody wants to do, and, and you know, a lot of people, their podcasts are like their, their side hustle, their second time thing. It's something they do out of passion. So like, I want to do it at seven o'clock at night. Dude, it's seven o'clock at night. I'm done. But I'd like to say yes a little bit more. So I may do that. Um, I may go to help me with this concept of having to come up right now. I'm coming up with two to three show, show ideas on my own alone every week. When I do an interview, I don't have to do that. Expert counsel, I don't have to do that. So I may go to two interviews a week, but I don't think that will work for me either. I, I talked to this with my wife about this already, but what I'm probably going to do is go to, let's say week one, there'll be two interviews. Week two, there'll be one interview. Week three, there'll be two interviews. Week four, there'll be one interview. A long time ago, I did go to a two-interview-a-week schedule, and after about six months of it, I quit doing it. I didn't like it. I felt it took away too much from my ability to do standalone shows. But I think that kind of there could be a balance there, so we'll probably do that. And that's something that's an easy change to make. If we start doing it and I love it, we keep it. If we start doing it and I hate it, because there's no shortage of guests – so if I start doing it, we hate it. it would just feel, okay, starting this week, go back to one a week. Like, it's real simple to do. So that will probably happen as well. Um, I want to do more how-to content. Like I was saying about the idea about fishing today and not having time to curate the material. You know, I want to do more stuff on fishing, cooking, hunting, foraging. Um, and that's a, that's a trade-off because, like, this week when I did that show – about the intentional destruction of modern society, we went up 10 points in ranking on Apple Podcasts a day and a half later. It was a 10-point jump by going into what I call the blood and guts and gore of politics and economics and stuff like that. And so that definitely gets more eyeballs, so I'll never quit doing it all together. And the more practical I am, the more down-to-earth, the more skills-based, the more universally beneficial the content is, the less eyeballs. I don't give a shit. Because the emails that show me a project a guy did with his kid are a payday for me. And knowing, okay, this is one less thing that family has to worry about now or worry about as much anyway. They have more food security or more, more income security or something because of that. You know what? That's more important to me. So I want to do more content like that. And I need that prep time to do it right. If you guys saw my biochar presentation I did early this year, that took three weeks. That took three weeks to build that out. And it probably took six total weeks of me jamming knowledge into my noggin to come out and do that, that podcast for you guys. It was like a free seminar, honestly, that people would pay for. And I want to do stuff to that level. If I can do one of those a month, one of those every two months, I'm good. Like to that level, absolutely. I mean, I had experts on about biochar that, that after that that watched it and said, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can do anything for you. Like I don't like, no, no, come on. Conversations, we always learn from conversations. But I want to do, you know, at least a few of those a year. I've done one this year to that level. And so I want to work on that, 
granddaddy's gun. See, that's another thing. I'd like to get some organizations going again. That was something I had so much faith in. But if you guys want that to happen, you guys got to do it. Like we did one. I'll tell the story of the kind of the idea for that now. And that it is that basically you just have a weekend where a bunch of people get together, bring their guns, shoot skeet, shoot targets, whatever, set up a range somewhere. And then that evening, kind of like we do with barter blanket at the workshops, everybody sits down and talks. And if there's a gun that's ready to be handed down to a, to a person in the family or a friend or something like granddaddy's gun being handed down, that it happens in front of all those people at that point. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And it's just like people love the idea, but actually doing it was something that didn't take off. I'd love for stuff like that to take off. You know, I've always thought like if you ever had a point, you could have a sixth generation experience. Like if I took, I have a shotgun that belonged to my grandfather that one day I will give to my grandson. Like, just think of how many generations are represented in, in, in that that one moment. And 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 building stuff like that is important to me. Um, I'm probably going to try to figure out how to do more appearance type things. Like, I'm going up to Tennessee, but we're going to have to figure out some things to make that happen. Because the only way I'm doing it is if it's like bonus vacation time and my wife gets to go. My wife works her ass off. She deserves vacation. She deserves travel. And if we can blend that together, that helps build the brand. It gives me that recharge point, And it gives me, you know, four or five days of time with my wife that has nothing to do with the thing I'm talking at. I'm going to try to do that. One of the things that we have is a um, person we've always relied on to watch our place maybe moving. Right now, he's like an hour and a half away. If he moves, he's going to be a lot further away. A lot further away. Um, He's also the person that runs the kitchen during my workshops. I have no doubt he'll come down for the workshops. Coming down because I'm going on vacation for a week, that's a totally different situation at that point. And the guy knows everything here. So I'm going to have to work to find a few, one or two good caretakers to make that happen. And I promise my wife I'll do that anyway because we deserve travel. She deserves travel. You know, we're getting older. We want to do what we can while we can do it and really enjoy it. So that's going to be an adjustment that's a little bit different. But if I can blend talking somewhere and getting a vacation because the travel is covered for both of us. Because I'm not unwilling to ask for that because I know what we bring when we go do something like that. And if you guys like one of the reasons, if you're not get registered for self-reliance festival and you want to come hang out and meet some really cool people and stuff and, and, and talk to me and you've never been to an event where I'm at. Trust me. I'm not hard to find at those events. I'm not an out-of-town clown that shows up and throws up and leaves. I'm there, and I give my time to that. So I'm willing to ask for the my wife, especially my PA, on a travel like that. And um, But I, I want to do more of that, and I want to give her more time of traveling like that. Um, I may do a show a month exclusively on Rumble and Odyssey, et cetera, at all. And no YouTube. And it may make, maybe it won't be every month, maybe it'll be like every other month or whenever something comes up where I know, like if I am completely dead honest, YouTube is going to smack me down. Well, fuck them. Fuck you, YouTube. Seriously. Go screw bitches. I just won't put that content on your platform. You know, really like the one they took down 
when I said it's time to have a conversation about COVIDs, it was like 30 claims that we made and every one of them was true and every one of them had a proof point and they took it down for medical misinformation. But nobody from YouTube could tell me what it was. Just it violates our policy that we made up out of fucking thin air. Well, I would like to at least once a month, let's say, as long as there's a reason for it, not just inventing reasons for flair and drop dramatic and views and loves. If there's something to talk about that has that risk, yeah, maybe we'll do that too. Um, I'd like to do some more short content, and like for TikTok and stuff like that, that's not just AI-grabbed, curated stuff out of my podcasts. I really would. Like some of the things that have already happened since I started putting stuff on TikTok or YouTube shorts or whatever, and some of the comments back like, oh, this is great. That's, and all I got to do is just turn the camera on, record it, and upload it. But it's, again, one more thing. And I'm at a point where I don't have one more thing in me. And I'd like to, and you know, I'm talking two or three of those a week, which right now I could do it. I just made a commitment until I make my life easier. There are no more things. There's no more additions because that's how I got in this, you know, to the point where I get too tired. There's always one more thing to do. There's always one more thing you can add. And when you have a borderline addiction to work, which is where I'm at with this, it can consume your life. So if I'm going to do that type of thing, then I got to, I got to go, you know, and this, this here, like, this is one of those things, dude, chill the hell out. TikTok is CCP garbage. I don't care. I'm not there to give them what they want. I'm there to give people an alternative. And there's some damn good content producers on TikTok. It's up to you to be smart enough to know what to pay attention to. Um, And it's not just TikTok, right? It's any place that little two-minute, three-minute videos can get a person engaged to the point where they give a a one-and-a-half-hour podcast a chance. Because there's a lot of people... They don't know who I am. They don't know anything about what we're doing. And unless they're like driven to learn a specific thing that they see an episode on, they're not going to give us 90 minutes. But if they'll give us 90 seconds, then maybe we can make them one of us, one of us, right? Uh, Going on from there, I do want to do some courses. Again, I can't. I can't do one more thing. And I know I can do well financially with them, but I can't do one more thing without a reset. A lot of people keep asking me about the aquatics course that I talk about. When I started building that, I'm like, this is six months worth of work. To charge what I want to charge and to deliver what I want to deliver, it's six months worth of work. And I don't have it in me right now. Um, It could get done in modules. And even with that, it won't be the first one we do. I've talked about this with Nicole. I need to learn the freaking LearnDash system that I want to build the damn thing on. And I haven't even done that yet. And it's because I bit off too big a piece in the beginning. I might do something like a composting course that's just 20 bucks. And then like the next one might be a biochar that's like 50 bucks or something to learn the system and then start doing modulized things and, and what have you. But I, I can't do any of that. I can't do any of that at all until I reset my life. I can't, again, there is no one more thing. And there's always a request for one more thing. And there's always been times where I've like cut a thing out, but then I replace it with a thing. Like we used to do the song of the day. And I had this guy, John Adam. He's a really great guy out of California. He would put all the songs together and all. 
And, you know, with a few exceptions, I'm like, that song's terrible. Right. And sometimes I didn't care for a song, but it wasn't terrible. But 90% of the time they were good to go. It was still one more thing. It was still one more thing. And so I need to get away from one more thing for a while. Um, I'd also like to do more with the T-Spaz item of the day. Do a little bit more research, bring you some more products. And I want to show you something right now because I got a nasty email today. It was funny, too. And I was going to bring it up on the show no matter what it was about. I got a nasty gram email from a guy that says, you keep saying these garden beds are on sale. That's the price they always are. Just because it says it's on sale doesn't mean it's on sale. And I'm like, you jackass, the damn thing went up yesterday to 160 bucks from 125 And so this morning, I was looking for my item of the day, and I'm like, while I'm doing this, I should go ahead and uh, grab a screenshot of this shit at $164 and just put it up some point during the show to respond to this jackass. So I click on my own link. I go there, and the thing's back on sale for $125. And I'm like, I bet jackass is looking at that thinking he was right. But I'm like, I don't care about jackass. I'm like, this thing sells really good. I'm going to run it again. So I bring it up to run it again. And uh, let me see. It's this thing right here that I'm talking about. And I'm like, I don't care what jackass says. Like, I'm doing really well with this product. And these are these raised garden beds. And I am running it again today, but it's not on sale anymore. Hear me out. So I click the link and it's knocked back down. So I put it up and I'm running it. And I have the little price alert. They had gone up to 160 bucks. So I thought it was a done deal. Today for now, they're on sale for 125 bucks again. So then um, I go over this morning as I'm getting ready to do the show to check on it. And son of a gun, they're back up to what, 162.99. Now, the reason that this happened is because of the TSP effect. When inventory starts to drop for Amazon vendors, they start raising the price. And if you ever see a price that's just stupid, like it's a $100 product and it's like selling for $5,000, it's because they have like one or two left. And if their inventory goes to zero, they lose all of the benefits that they've had from Amazon. Like they're placing in the search ranks and their reviews and stuff. Like all of it goes to shit until they get product back. And then they have to kind of start over. So this is a trick that they do. Well, if you see, there's only 16 of these left in stock. And this is the number of them that we have sold. This is, I said, this is actually pretty privileged information. This is from August 1 to September 20th. And I don't think I brought them around till about mid-August. So it's about 40 days, if that, of total running this product on the site. I've sold 175 of these items. So we can move product. This is part of what I wanted to show Butcher Box because they were questioning how well my performance was because I wasn't an affiliate based on incentive. Um, we, we do well. And I here's the thing why I'm even bringing this up. I want to always be able to do this. I want to always be able to recommend things and get this kind of, you know, response from you guys. And I'm going to shift to another one. If you look right down uh, about halfway, you'll see a uh, quantity 13. It's the same company 
as eight by four by two uh, galvanized metal bed. Let me show you what those look like because this is this is I'm doing the item of the day segment in the middle of the day. Um, this right here, a bunch of you guys bought this, and it's it's a square version of the same thing. It's the same dimensions. Um, I was a little. I actually was. Let me let me get that pulled up for you. I was a little scared to recommend this because it's galvanized steel. And it's like, this is like one of three things in the whole T-SPAS catalog. I don't own the reason I haven't bought one. My wife could attest to this if she's still watching. I don't need another garden bed. We've invested enough in garden beds. Uh, if they gave them to me for free, I would probably build a couple out or something, but the time, the resources and the money, it doesn't make sense when I have garden beds that are literally not planted right now. But I was concerned that maybe the structural integrity wouldn't be as strong because it's not anything that's round has a lot of structural integrity when it comes to outward pressure. And these, of course, are squared off with these brackets. Well, sold 13 of them, sold 13 of them, and not a single email said, hey, don't. In fact, several people have emailed me said, I got the square ones, and they're awesome, too. So I put a link up to that. But, yeah, I just – I want never to have the integrity of the TSP brand question. When I was with Neil and we were doing marketing work, we built – the entire marketing side of, of things based on the work of two brothers that had a marketing firm out of the UK that he, he actually used to be a client of. They were known as Saatchi and Saatchi. And they believed that your brand should be able to be distilled down to a single word. They called it a love word. Instead of Coke the real thing, a tagline, you should be able to distill it down to one word. Of course, I have the most clunky tagline. It's like a paragraph. Helping you live a better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't. But if you want me to distill TSP down to a single word, I want it to be integrity. I don't know if it is, but that's been my goal for 15 years, integrity. And I think that's why you know, I could sell $30,000 worth of garden beds in 40 days as an affiliate. Because of that. And I don't want that to ever, 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 ever go away. And so you might wonder why someone who does well with this program, and I, I'm going to, I'm disclosing again, this is kind of like privileged information that you don't give away because you have competitors in this space. When you're an Amazon affiliate, I do more than a million dollars of sales every year as an Amazon affiliate, a million plus been doing it six years. I'd have to go back and look. I don't think it would be a stretch to say in six years, we've done $10 million worth of product. Six years, $10 million. Does it pay what it used to? Like, I'll be honest, more privileged information. We make between 30 and 40 grand a year on this is what we make now because Amazon has continuously chopped away at what affiliates make. I don't know if I would build it today from the ground up, but now that it's there, it's easy to keep it going, right? There's a system in place for it. Systematizing things makes them work in a business. But you might wonder, like, if you do that much, why aren't there more new products? Why are there so many recycled products? I own them. I use them. I bought them. I buy them again, or I don't recommend them to you. It's about integrity. It really is. It really is. It really is. And this is how you know that. If I fuck up for five seconds on the air and say something wrong, I get 50 fucking emails. And I'm not, I'm not bitching. I'm telling you the truth. Do you know that at 55 minutes you said this, and it really is, I'll fix it. I'm sorry. $10 million worth of product I have never gotten a year out. Fucking asshole, this thing's a piece of shit email. From anyone about the products I recommend. 
Not one in six years. That means that when I say something works, it needs to work. And what it takes to pick out a fucking garden hose to be able to do that and to say, buy this, it won't fail you, is more work than you can realize. And so if I'm going to continue to build out revenue streams like that, I need the time to do it. I need the time to do that. It really, I'm telling you straight up, that's that's the way it is. And again, that was some privileged information. I mean, it's not something you're most people are going to do anything with. But most affiliates would never tell you. Like in my last four, people that are producing a million dollar plus in sales say, "Here's my number one selling item." And here's by the way, in that list, I was like my top five best selling items, and how many of them there are in the last forty days. No one gives that information away, not for free anyway. But that's the only way I know to like continue to build and earn trust is to be honest. Um, my commitment to you in all of these changes, because whenever changes, no matter how sincere you are, people worry. Number one, I will be the same jerk I have always been. Some things will never change. And I mean, like, sometimes anybody listening to me right now, sometimes anybody listening to me right now will be like, it really pissed me off today. Okay. That won't change. I had a guy recently, because sometimes I talk about my time in the military, just being a dick on the show I did with Miles LaGrose. He was like, hey, um, we're tired of hearing your shit and some other stuff he said. And I said to him, you know, if you're tired of hearing it, don't listen. That was my entire response. He had like three more butthurt responses that, you know, he said weren't butthurt. He said I was the one to butthurt. And I, my response after those three was simply, this is how it's been for 15 years. You told me that you didn't like a piece of what I do. And I told you, if you don't like it, don't listen to it. And that's why we've been successful. That's why we've been successful, because I'm not pretending shit, including the part you don't like. So I will be that jerk. I will also be, I don't know who came up with this. I really wish I knew who was the first person to do this, because I try to give credit where it's due. Somebody said that jerk, when it comes to me being a jerk, is just encouraging real knowledge. I'll keep doing it. I promise you. And include, t including telling you things you don't want to hear. I had a guy commented on my show from Monday. This is really good, except for your stance on Ukraine. If you would let me give you a few more nuances, then you'd understand the situation is almost completely reversed. Okay, wait a minute. If the situation is almost completely reversed... You don't reverse it with nuances. You reverse it with facts. So I listed like 20 things that I've claimed about that conflict and ending with, just to be clear, I'm not picking a side. I just think we should stay out of it. Tell me where I'm wrong in one of these. No answer. There won't be an answer. If there is an answer, it will be nuances. Nuances. No, nuances, my ass. A nuance would be, this has been going on as a civil war since 2014. Prove, me it, prove to me it didn't. And that's just encouraging real knowledge. Now you can go look up and see if that claim I just made is true. Tell me that in the Dumtos region that 90% of the people that live there are not ethnically Russian and have been forbidden from using their own language. Tell me there's not an American journalist sitting in prison right now for Russian propaganda, which means writing things counter to what this country wants that claims to be a democracy. Show me that this country hasn't jailed political opposition. Show me that they haven't suspended elections in a democracy. 
no answer. What you'll get is wailing, snatching of truth. That's being a jerk. As in just encouraging real knowledge. Because if I am wrong, I want you to prove it. I don't want nuances. I want, here's what you said. Here is definitive proof that it's incorrect. And then I will go on air. I'll even play the music. It goes, dun, dun, dun. And I'll go, Jack was wrong. And I will correct myself. Until you do that, I don't want your nuances. I will be the jerk I have been since June 20th, 2008. My commitment to you. And if you don't like it, bye, bitches. Okay? I am never going to apologize for something I've done for 15 years that I'm going to keep doing it. Because I assume the people that are here, even when they don't like it, they appreciate it and they respect it. Because, again, the brand is integrity. I will continue to speak the truth. I will never say, sell out. And trust me, opportunities come. I have had people make me all kinds of offers. And this is why I took some time today to show you how much product I can move when I believe in a product. I have people pitching me shit all the time. And I can make fucking money with it. I mean, I can make real fucking money. I can make big money at the cost of what? Trust. My long-term success. Sell out this year and have nothing next year. No fucking way. That is not who I am. Our one word brand is integrity. It will never change. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care if you offer me to promote my channel. Yeah, I don't care. Even if you're the people that control the platform the channel's on. If I'll just do what you ask, you can fuck yourself. I'm not doing it. My people are worth more to me. And if I have to explain it, I'm talking to the wrong person. And any of these people that offer this, they don't even understand it if you try to explain it. Their little fucking mind cannot comprehend. But we're... But we can really do, like, you can make so much money. Oh, okay. So you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Get out of here. I get emails from people. They calculated how much money I can make before they said, like, the opening to the email is you'll make this much this month. And when I look at it, I go, you're probably actually wrong till you're negative. I'll probably actually do better than that. And by the way, go fuck off. If your first contact with me is because of who we are, we can make you this much money, I don't even want to talk to you. I don't even want to talk to you. And that's why I will probably never have a million subscribers on YouTube. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I won't play the game. I will never play the game. And if you work for YouTube and you're listening to me right now, you, if you had any fucking brains, would understand the very people you need are more motherfuckers like me. That's who you need. You want to fix the lack of trust you fucking have? Then you need people that will tell you to fuck off. Start working with us instead of against us and trying to bend us into your bullshit. And if you have something you want to promote and you want to get in with this community, you earn my fucking trust. You earn my people's fucking trust. And then we'll talk about whatever shit you have. You leave with your shit. You're done before you start and you're dead to me. Because these people deserve more than whatever the fuck you have to offer. And I know there's people that don't know me, that you're new to this, and somehow you got roped into listening to a show like this today. And you're like, this can't be fucking true. Ask any of these people that have been around. Get on our Telegram list. Ask the fucking people who have been here to my house and spent a week with me on my property. 
ask them. Ask them if there's a word of this that you can't take to the frickin' bank. Because every word of it's true. And if you doubt it, the only reason you doubt it is because it's become so rare, and I don't understand why it's so rare. This is why I've lost a lot of faith that we'll ever fix this country, and I put all my effort into telling people, you got to fix your own shit. Because what I'm telling you today, you shouldn't be like, holy shit. Wow, there ain't many people like this. You should be like, this is garden variety shit. This is how everybody is. You know, I grew up at a time where I believed it's how everybody was. I had to learn it wasn't true. I was way too trusting of a person in my youth. And I realized that when you found somebody you could trust, that that was a real partner, that was a real friend, and you never broke it because it was rare. I'd like it to be less rare. The only thing I can do to make that happen is be an example. That's it. But I challenge you to find anybody that's been part of this community for 10 years or more that will tell you that one word that you're hearing today isn't the truth. One word. Go ahead. Do it. Good luck. I will keep challenging you to focus on what you actually control because of what I just said. Because nobody's coming to fix it for you. I will keep pushing you to learn something new every day. And one thing you better learn right here in the video chat for those watching alive. You see you come out there, 72 likes, 145 watching. Hit the fucking like. That mouse, her wrath is terrible. Yeah, and Eek, she's an example of somebody who's part of this community. Does a lot for us. No one ever asked her to. There's thousands of people in this community like this. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. You want to build something like this? Learn something new every day. You're like, I want, I want what Jack has. Even if it's not the same way that I got it. There's nothing more that will do more to get you where you want to be than learning something more every day. Long before podcasts, pretty much when the internet was for watching cat videos and sending emails and chat rooms. I used to drive my car all over the Northeast back when I worked for Fluke Networks. And I listened to audio tapes to learn things. I would buy like a full set of audio tapes at half price books. I would listen to that shit until the tapes were starting to skip like, like they were records until I knew every word on them. And I would take it back to half price books that I paid half price at. And I'd get a quarter to 10% of what I paid and I'd buy another one and I would do it again. I had no idea. It was around the nineties here, right? Early two thousands. I had no idea 20 plus years ago. Back when I, I used to do that, I used to listen to a fucking Walkman with tapes in it in the 90s when I worked at Lockheed of shit like that. And I was going to half-price books to buy that shit then because I had to because I didn't have the money to pay full price. I had no idea that in 2023 I would be doing a podcast like I am right now and that some of the shit that I learned, some of the shit that I learned back then, would contribute to what I'm doing right now. But I knew it would contribute to something. I was hungry. I was young. I was in my 20s. I was not happy with what I had in my life. Even though I had a pretty good job and some good friends and all, I wanted more. I wanted more. And I wanted to get more. And I knew that nobody would fucking give it to me. And I knew I would, whatever the conventional route was, college, whatever, I knew I would never do it. 
I'm not that guy. And I knew I had to just go out and get it. So I will never let you forget it. I don't care if you're 70 or seven. You learn something new every day. If you lay your head down on the pillow and you go to sleep, and right before you go to sleep, you go, what did I learn today? And you don't have a fucking answer. Get up and go learn something. Go look up a fucking word you don't know in a dictionary. Go learn fucking something. Or if you fucked up, because the accumulated knowledge across time allows you to start taking things you know and putting them together and use logic and reason to discern what you don't know, what's most likely true. And if you want to know why I have such an incredible bullshit thick, uh, filter, if you want to know why when the whole COVID thing started right in the beginning, I'm like, this is bullshit, this is bullshit, this is bullshit. And how I ended up being, even with a, lot of, a lot of you thought I was wrong. You don't know. I have a friend who works in the ER, blah, 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 blah. And then, holy shit, a year later or a year and a half later, he's right about everything. That's why I don't lay my head down and not be able to answer, what did you learn today that you didn't know? That's it. That's the biggest secret, because if you're learning every day, you will do something. Action's important, but if you feed your mind, you will literally not be able to not do shit. I don't know what you'll do, but I know you'll do something. And the more you learn, the more you'll be able to articulate, what I'm doing is dumb. I need to make a change. I need to do this differently. I need to drop this fucking thing and do something else. For as successful as this podcast has been, there's 20 things I've done that have fallen flat on their ass, and most of them before I did it. Because that's how you figure out what you really need to be doing. You know what I'm going to say. Don't waste your fucking dash. They're going to put you in the ground someday or burn you to ashes or whatever you're vision is, whatever your wishes are, whatever your family's going to do with your rotten corpse when your essence leaves it. Somewhere, someplace, there'll be a date you were born, a date you died, and a hyphen in it. That hyphen, that dash is you. You laid down at night, you don't know what you learned that day, you wasted it. I came up with this. I came up with this so long ago to explain this to you. If you had a giant clear bottle in the corner of your house and in it, it was full of glowing blue orbs, little marbles, little glowing, like something you'd see in a sci-fi movie. And each one of those was the energy you needed to live for a day. And you can't get any more. That bottle is full to the top and that's all you got. You get up in the morning, you come out, you get your marble, you stick it in your pocket. If you don't, somewhere in the middle of the day, batteries are dead, you're dead. You're gone. You would never forget your marble. But you wouldn't really give a shit. Look how big this thing is. Look how many of them are in there. Tens of thousands of little marbles in there. Fuck it. I'm good. One day you're going to look at it. It's half full. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. It's only half full. Nah, I'm still good. Got about six inches left of marbles in it. You might start taking life seriously. And every time you had to go get another marble, you'd think that's one more day gone. It's one more day gone. It's one more day gone. And you would see the erosion of your life force. Whether it's a blessing or a curse. We don't have it. But if you did, you'd take things differently. If you could watch your dash shorten, 
and know that one day it will be infinitesimal and gone. And all you will leave behind is all that you did, all that you said, all the people you impacted, all the people you cared about, all the people you made know you cared about them. You might live life a little bit differently. You, too, might have a work ethic that other people don't even understand. You, too, might give your all to everything that you do. Don't waste your dash. And by the way, I knew it would happen. Like somebody right in the beginning, are you, you know, don't go anywhere or whatever, you know. Here's the 15 more years. I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. There, again, there's nothing I've ever done that I love as much as what I do right now. Change can be for the better, and I hope that, that this is. Hope you guys enjoyed today's show. I do have a couple things I starred. Um, <laughs> Rachel Brown. Did you find a grinder that does chicken bones? I did not. I haven't even tried. I don't have time for one more thing. I haven't even taken a boned piece of chicken and stuck it in my STX Turbo Force grinder to see if it would work. It probably will, but I haven't tried it yet. And then Ecomouse has a question. I'm not sure I didn't really read it, so I don't know if it's for me or the audience. Question at Jack is a jerk. How many people have used permaculture techniques to improve their land, learn to sell and get out of debt, farm on raw, raw land, uh, you developed with water uh, on site versus fluoride H2O. Um, I don't know how many people have. I'm not really sure the question. I think the question is more for the audience. Like how many of you guys have taken what you've learned from things like that and, and built something? I hope the number is huge. I know that it is. I know that long ago I kind of surveyed the audience just to try to get an idea of how many gardens were planted because of the work we do here. It's a pretty conservative estimate way back then to say 10,000 gardens. I pretty conser- I mean it was really conservative to say 10,000 gardens planted. I I would be I don't think there's any way to track this and prove it. I would be absolutely shocked if what we've done here hasn't encouraged at least a million trees to be planted. While I'm attacked for not caring about the earth. Right? I bet you it's well past a million trees. I bet there's people listening right now that have planted hundreds of trees and it all started here. I don't take credit for every tree, but like if you hadn't heard the podcast, you wouldn't have started doing the thing. You wouldn't have started planting the trees. You can say I planted 500 trees. I know there's people that have started nurseries because of the inspiration out of here that have literally propagated thousands of trees that they've sold to somebody that planted them that didn't even know that's why they were planting them. I think that's uh, that's a legacy to be proud of. And like I said, we're not done yet. Rachel said, I was looking for one more thing to buy on your word. I can't help it. I, I hope so. Guys, thank you so much. Um, tomorrow we'll have an expert counsel show. Uh, just give you an idea of the workflow here. It's almost 2 o'clock. I'll do some work on that before I'm done today. Uh, getting ready for a workshop. I've spent, you talk, if my, my wife's still here, she's, probably, she's like, I hear you enough sometimes, right? Like, um, I spent most of this week, once I shut down here, cooking for the workshop. I made a bunch of sausage. I think I cooked 12 pounds of bacon. I'm making bisterma. Uh, I've got a ton of work from this weekend, too, into uh, getting ready for the workshop. Can't wait to see some of y'all there. Thank you so much for being with me today. I'll catch you with another episode. Tomorrow.
Dollar down, a dollar a month, and you never have to pay. 